My name is Cesar Marin, and this is the Cultivating Wisdom Podcast. This show's mission is to have honest and provocative conversations about the practice of microdosing psilocybin as a way of achieving a more balanced lifestyle. Microdosing transformed my life, and I truly believe it could change the lives of so many. The show's mission is to set a buffet table of wisdom so that we can cultivate a better future. The idea is to poke at people's childhood curiosity and seek to lift the stigma associated with psychedelics. Welcome to another episode of the Cultivating Wisdom podcast, where we bring the wonderful minds in the psychedelic world uh, to come talk to us and cultivate some wisdom. Today, we are incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky to have um, an award-winning, best-selling author, uh, Amanda Siebert, who her accolades are amazing. I mean, she writes for uh, Forbes. She writes for Vice. She's been a host on The Dale Report. Um, she is just really intricate in the psychedelic world. And she's just released an incredibly new book called Psyched. Psyched, Seven Cutting Edge Psychedelics Changing the World, which is, which is a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book because I think it's a book not only for, just, for psychonauts, but also for people just getting into the space. Amanda, first of all, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, and, I, and I wanted to sort of take you back to that moment where you say, I need to write this book. What was that inspiration? What was that moment like where you said, okay, I, I have to do this? Hmm. That's a great question. And thank you, Caesar, for having me. It's so lovely to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to be in conversation about a, a topic I obviously love a lot. Um, so yeah, that moment, I don't know that it was a moment so much as it was sort of just a general knowing like, okay, you know, I, I, the first book I wrote was about cannabis and it was about how, um, you know, when used mindfully, there are, are beneficial ways that, you know, cannabis can, can, um, you know, improve our mood and help with pain and things like that. And, um, after that book came out, I thought a lot about psychedelics. I mean, at that time. Things were starting to get rolling in the so-called psychedelic industry, community, renaissance, whatever word right. you want to use there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this um, revolution, Paul Stamets called it. Exactly. And um, I just felt really strongly that uh, it was something that needed to be written about in a, in a way that it was a little bit more um, digestible. I think, you know, we've had so much information thrown at us. Uh, over the last several decades about these drugs. You know, for many years, the idea was, as you've said, you know, oh, no, these things are going to change your mind. Um, but, you know, over the years, the tone of that, as you very, uh, you know, wisely noted, the tone of that has changed. Now it's like, oh, yes, they can change our minds. And, and that's and that's a good thing. And so um, with a sort of personal understanding of a few different psychedelics, I'd, I'd, I'd gone into writing this book, having a couple of, a couple, a couple of personal experiences under my belt, and also just having connections to um, different experts, people in the space, uh, not just you know scientists in white lab coats, but people who have worked with this, these medicines in their in their lineage culturally for you know thousands of years, uh, and so. I thought it was important to sort of bring that knowledge together in kind of a, a little, you know, it's not very big, um, a, a book you could read in a couple of days or even a day if you're pretty quick. Uh, so that was sort of the, the idea behind that, the inspiration. And, and, and I love how it's, it's like I said, it's not just geared for people who are in this space, right? It's, it's, it's incredibly wonderful for myself who, you know, plant medicine, psychedelics have changed my life, but I've only tried one psychedelic and to sort of really read the way you talk about other substances and open up that curiosity is really important. I think I think that's a, that's a major part of what we're doing uh, to try to break that stigma that's associated with psychedelic. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, when the book happens. Um, I'm sure there was pushback, right? I'm sure there was publishers that said, There's, you know, you know what, we're not ready. What was there? Was that did that happen, or was it pretty open to sort of, you know, hey, yeah, we love the idea, we love the book. Have you gotten some pushback from writing this book at all? I don't know that I've gotten pushback, but it was a little bit slower than I would have liked. So after my first book came out, I was ready to go right away. I was like, let's do this. We had talked about, um, you know, writing the little book of mushrooms. And then I thought, you know, wait a minute, there's all these other substances out here that 
that people are starting to talk about, like, let's unpack all of them. And, and so I had to kind of massage my book proposal a little bit and really like make a case for um, this being a book worthy um, topic. And so that it did take a little bit longer than, than I anticipated to sort of, um, you know, land that contract, sign it, get everything done, start working on the book. Um, but, you know, so far, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of uh, pushback. I would say it's a little bit slower than the cannabis book. What was interesting about writing about that that book at that time, pardon me, that subject at that time was uh, I was able to release the book about cannabis on the day cannabis was legalized in Canada. So people were oh, excited awesome. about yeah. the subject. You yeah. know, there yeah. was a, a reason for them to learn about it and pick that book up. And I would say it's been a little bit slower on this side, but it is a more kind of niche subject. I forget sometimes being in it all the time that not everyone is interested in psychedelics. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I get I get that sense also, but I think that the fact that there's there's a lot more talk, right? There's a lot more people interested. There's a lot. There's some mainstream media chat about it, whether it's you know Ted Lasso, the show that talked about you mm -hmm. know a psychedelic experience, whether it's um, you know Tracy T from Moms on Mushroom being on the Dr. Phil show. There's a lot of talk about it. There's there's this talk about um, mm -hmm. you know the the advancements and the wonderments of psychedelic medicine. I I, I was curious in all your extensive research for the book. Um, because there's there's psychedelics uh, are new in the sense of the study of it, right, of, of, of the potential about it. Is there anything that you, during your research, that you read and said, wait a minute, I got to read that again. I can't. Hmm. I, did I just did I read that correctly? Was there, was there something that sort of really threw you back, whether it was the potential of healing, whether it was the power of a certain substance? Was there something that sort of really you were like, whoa? Hmm, let me think about that question for a second here. Um, there were definitely a lot of moments throughout the writing of the book where I was sort of wowed, you know, learning about the different historic uses. Um, let me just think. I'm sorry that I don't have an awe. No, 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 that's fine. No, and again, you know what? It's sort of, I, think, um, I, think, I think it's sort of a, it's a testament of how much you've researched before, <laughs> you know what I mean, writing of the book, how much yeah. the book is, you know, your personal experience and how this has changed you and other things that you've sought. And, and again, like you said, we've you've been in this for a bit. This isn't mm -hmm. you know this isn't like something you're just new totally. at. You you you've yeah. researched this before. You're a writer, so there's I'm sure there's tons of stuff that you've read about before that was just mm -hmm. something there. I did I, I was curious about your story that I've read and, and I heard you talk about um your your writer's block during this book. Hmm. Um and your and oh, your yes. and your journey um that you took um where a lot of people might bat an eye at like what how much is yeah. that but it, it really <laughs> helped you know can you can you tell us a little bit about that and I how you so were able good. to then integrate how you were able and i think the important part is not again the, the dosage is the dosage the the journey is the journey um but it's how we integrate afterwards right that we sort of are able to use the power of the medicine so i i love for you to tell us a little bit about that specific journey why why that um, and again, how you were able to integrate the message from the medicine into creating this incredible book. Absolutely. So that's a great story. Thank you for asking me about that. So about halfway through the book, um, it was the summer of 2021. Yeah. And it was really hot where I was living. And I was in this apartment right here that you see me in. And I was in here with all the blinds closed because it was just insufferably hot. And I hit a wall. I was like, I was like, I can't do this. Nobody's gonna care about this. I'm not the person to do it. All of these thoughts of self-doubt, uh, just like not creeping in, like just like a flood. And I was like, what am I gonna do about this? So I called a good friend of mine. Wendy and I asked her to come over and I was like I'm gonna do some mushrooms I'm gonna do it a significant dose uh, and I need you to significant sit and 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 watch you know just you know make sure I don't just be there for me uh, and when I say significant I don't know why I had this number in my head because I the number of psychedelics in the book was seven but I should do seven grams of mushrooms um and i anticipated obviously with it with such a large dose that i would be laid out yeah and what actually yeah. what actually happened is i came i had my friend come over i took the mushrooms 
and it was it was the summertime. It was hot. At that time, I had everything open, windows open, plants, fans on, music loud, and uh, I just was so alive, the most like activated, like energetic version of myself I feel like I've ever been. I just uh, really? was, you know, cleaning my apartment, dancing around my apartment, doing all these nice. like like I don't know organizational sort of tasks, and then sitting down and and you know sitting with this intention that I had around my book and moving through the motions as one does in a in a psychedelic experience, really feeling into the depth of like oh oh wow people are going to read this you know and like the fear that I really? had in that a lot of fear like oh man like just a I I I think journalists can probably relate to this feeling or maybe any creator that has you know had to put their own voice uh mm -hmm. out there you know when I uh, used to work as a sort of generalist reporter i'd go out and interview folks with this little recorder and i'd come back and listen to myself and and almost every time probably for the first three or four years of being a writer i would cringe at the sound of my own voice yeah. and it took me a long time to sort of like overcome that and i think this was just another iteration of that of really accepting like this is something i've chosen to do you know it's in motion i have the interviews I've done most of the work it's just a matter of putting it on the pages and um yeah really accepting that like I have the ability to do this mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. facing that self-doubt in a serious way and so I came out of that feeling really empowered and then I spent the last uh well I guess it was, would have been the entire month of August finishing that last half of the book in a cabin squirreled away in the woods um that was awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's yeah. a beautiful story. And and again, you know, um, anyone who's who's tried psychedelics, who's had psychedelic experiences, know that you know you have that nervousness before. There are experiences that you can come out the other side and go, "What a wonderful experience!" Um, I uh, this past weekend um, had a journey, a five gram journey, and it was it was it was it was quite challenging. It was a quite mm -hmm. challenging journey. Uh, that I that I didn't expect, right? I, I haven't had many big dosages, um, but that was one that was a lot more challenging um, than the other ones. But it, it left me uh, with a lot more purpose-driven what I need to do than maybe the other ones, right? And it and it might mm -hmm. have been, you know, you talked about that self-doubt that sometimes lives in us, and it's and it's wonderful how um, through psychedelics we can sort of talk to that self-doubt, right? We can sort of mm -hmm. say, okay, yeah, I get it, I understand. You have every right to think that you have every reason to believe that, but you know maybe it's maybe we can think a different way, and it's sort of that different thinking mm -hmm. that psychedelics, I think, has the potential of healing and the power of wonderment. And um, we're, we're, the world is suffering, right? We're, we're 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 all going through some type of anguish, some type of you know we're either because we're living in the past because it's uncertainty of the future. Um, you've been incredibly open in your book and in your talks about the mental battles that you've had in the past, right? Um, you know, the fact that people can relate to someone having a dark moment and then transforming and coming out the other side is incredibly important for people to see this, right? Um, and and I understand if you don't want to go back to that situation because it's, it's sort of, but I'm, I'm wondering if you can sort of take us back to, to, to those moments where, you know, you talk about your darkest, darkest moments and you're able to find psychedelics and they change your life. They sort of open you up. And the reason why I ask you to go back to those moments is because if there's someone out there listening that, that might relate, that might say, oh, my God, everything Amanda was living, everything Amanda was going through, that was me. And look at her now. Look at what she's been able to do. If, if, if someone can hear that, what... In other words, mm -hmm. where were you um, and, and what was it that sort of awakened you to the possibility of alternative healing? Great question. And happy to share because I've talked about this everywhere for a long time, as you mentioned. So um, I would uh, I would say psychedelics have been a really large part of my, my healing journey, as one might say. I have a lot of tools in that toolbox, and I would consider mm -hmm. psychedelics one of them. Um, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with depression, 
PTSD and anxiety all at once. Uh, I was burnt out. I was not working. I was a shell of myself. And I did not want to live. You were in your 20s at this time, correct? You were in- yeah, I was in my mid okay. to late 20s. Yeah, mid 20s, okay. I would say. Um, and, you know, I, this all came from sort of a... It, I mean, there, there was a, um, an experience that I had in my early 20s where I was assaulted, sexually assaulted, and uh, I had really dissociated from that experience, like fully filed it away as something yeah. that didn't happen and then didn't deal with it for many years. It's a common experience. And, and what's yes. been wild in, in dealing with all of this is speaking to other women and hearing that, oh, yeah, like that happened to me too. And almost every time. Almost every time, which I laugh because I have to laugh to keep from screaming. Like it's frustrating that I've had so many other women in my life and all around the world have had have had experience like this. Anyway, I digress. So um, that sort of triggered this like emotional breakdown where I was not really able to function in a real way. I was just really empty, and so I would. You know, before I had taken a break from work, I would drive home from work and think about, like, what would happen if I just drove into this median? Like, just really dark, mm. dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in taking time off of work in seeing, you know, a therapist and seeing a psychologist, talking to my doctor, um, you know, these diagnoses were given and I was prescribed SSRIs. And I thought really long and hard about whether or not I should go on these drugs. Mm. Um, Someone in my family had, uh, you know, taken SSRIs before and had not had a great experience with them um, in my immediate family. And so I thought, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I had second thoughts. And so what I did, this is in my book, I, (laughs) I went online and I printed off like every psilocybin study that I could find. And every mm-hmm. article I could find about microdosing. And when I had a mm-hmm. checkup appointment with my doctor, I took these in and I said to him, listen, I know this is really unconventional, but, you know, I write about this stuff. I feel like it might be effective. I would like to try it out instead of SSRIs. And this is like some kind of miracle. I know that I'm very privileged that, that this even occurred. But mm-hmm. he looked at the studies and said, oh, yeah, you know, Roland Griffiths, like I've been reading these. <laughs> over my oh, morning coffee <laughs> and I was like what and he's like yeah try it out come talk to me in six weeks and so um microdosing with psilocybin was really like the entry point to being able to talk to that inner critic that you and I were just talking about that voice that, that voice was so overpowering at that time in my life it was the only voice that I could hear uh, mm. and so I was able to really turn down the volume on that like to the point where also in this living room, I was sitting on my couch and feeling like a, a sense of peace and quiet and stillness that I don't know that I'd ever felt before. And so through mm. that, yeah. through a series of deep medicine journeys in community settings. So um, I didn't work with a therapist, but what I did do is I worked with an underground community here in Vancouver where uh, we would sit with medicine like psilocybin, we would sit with ayahuasca and so on. Uh, and so this was over a period of several years, but I was able to move through these diagnoses, overcome a lot of the symptoms associated associated with them, you know, improve the quality of my sleep, eat better, get outside, exercise, be in community. Uh, and today I don't feel that I uh, identify with any of these diagnoses anymore. I mean, sometimes I get low because it's uh, really gray in this corner of the world, but yeah. uh, today the sun is shining. and. <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at today. It's uh, been a a really interesting journey, and I'm very lucky uh, and privileged to have access to these medicines where I live and that I can feel safe to sort of to consume them and and talk about this openly. Yeah. 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 And and that's something you you just before you said the word privilege. And I really do feel that we are privileged. We're, we're, in a, we're in a state of privilege that we can talk about this, right? That we can openly talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it comes one because, you know, we have a support system, we're educated, um, you know, but there's a lot of people that can't do that. There's a lot of people that don't have uh, that ability to sort of speak openly about what they're doing. But I think that, you know, having people like you, uh, hopefully having people like me that other people can say, hey, you know what, that's just, that's just like I am. I, 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 
I see the transformation. And again, I, I really appreciate you sharing with us, you know, what you've been through because there's a lot of people and, and, and you, and you want, you know, talk about women and, and, and past trauma, um, that a lot of people have closed off, right? That a lot of people have sort of just shut that off and, and it lives in their mind. And it's not until sometimes we can open up and realize that what is that's blocking us that sometimes we can be awakened. And, and that's, you know, like I said, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And hopefully, you know, if anyone's out there, um, you know, feeling those gray moments, feeling those dark moments, know that there's, there's, there's this potential to, to heal. Um, but it's not just about the psychedelics, right? This, like you said, you called it, it's a tool, right? It's a tool in a toolbox, right? And you can't, you can't build a house with just a hammer, right? You can't build a house with just a screwdriver. You have to have several tools. I know for a fact that if you follow Amanda on her social media, you know that she is a jiu-jitsu warrior. I mean, she is. <laughs> oh, I don't know about warrior. I love Bluebell. <laughs> listen, anyone, anyone that goes, you know, in a, in a friendly combat way with another human being, you're a warrior. And I mean, it's not, it, there's something, there's something about that. Talk about that, that high of oh. jujitsu that you feel. I see it in your face. I see it when you post about it. I, I, I completely sense it. Talk to us about how this comes into your life and how, what it's done for you. Totally. Thank you for this question. I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, so part of, well, no, the, really the reason jujitsu has been so transformational for me, and this is something I started a couple of years ago, then I took some time off, COVID, blah, 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 blah. Got back into it seriously about a year ago, <clears throat> um, training nogi, which means that I'm not wearing the kimono pajama set uh, that you might see people wearing. It's just sort of like spats, like leggings. Anyway, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really fast. It's insane. You're getting really close to people. People are sweating in your eyeballs. It can be very uncomfortable. But it, it changed something in me. So when I first started jujitsu, and really throughout I would say my entire life. I, wonder what this, I, wonder what this. Uh, I started, I would say, in like 2016, 2017, something like that. And then like the big break in between started again recently. Anyway, um, when I started, yeah, and, and throughout most of my life, I had this idea in my head, this limiting belief that I was not athletic. I don't do sports. I'm not good on team sports. Whatever. I'll just go to the gym and I'll run and that's enough for me. Uh, and then I started doing this. And jujitsu, when you begin, everything is on the ground. So I'll just give a little primer, I guess, for folks that don't know what it is. It's grappling. It's it's a martial art that is basically all on the ground. And uh, the goal is for you to um, submit your opponent by choking them out or getting them in a joint lock or, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's very intimate. Like I said, you're you're quite you're quite close. You're, you're literally on top of somebody else a lot of the time. Yeah. And so um, it did a couple of things for me. I mean, in that setting, when you're really close to somebody, it's very easy for you to make friends. So I very quickly had all of a sudden another community of people that I was friends with, yeah. which was huge. Because I was at that time in my life, this was like before I was diagnosed with all this stuff, but still was very like meh, cynical. Yeah angry yeah. i don't need any more friends whatever and i was like whoa okay that's Having cool people exactly and the the second thing that happened was i gained this confidence in my in my body and my ability to do things that i had never had before because when you start at the sport you're you're everything is on the ground you're doing movements that you probably haven't done since you were a toddler and what's really interesting is we'd have people that would come in to try class for for a day, and sometimes like a really big athletic guy would come in who's like a weightlifter and he plays basketball and does all these sports and blah blah blah, and would have a really hard time doing warm up drills and would never come back because his oh, ego really? was just like like oh I can't do this you know and so a lot of people have that experience where they're like this is too hard forget this I'm not coming back uh, and the beauty in sticking with it is. You know, you learn some incredible things, some really cool things. So it's definitely something that I hope to continue. One day I hope to get a black belt. It's really hard in jiu-jitsu. Yes. It's not like a couple of years thing. It's, it used to be the average was about 10 years of practicing before you'd get it. I think now that's a little bit shorter. Uh, but 
one day. It's good that you have that goal. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, again, I'm fascinated by it, watching you uh, sort of, you know, participate. And like you said, it's, 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 it's a combat sport, but it's almost like a smile combat sport, right? There's something, you know, like you said, egos are checked at the door, right? <laughs> and, and we're in here to sort of, you know, go, go hand to hand and then, and then shake and smile at each other afterwards and, and, and go from there. You, you had a chance to um, interview Dean Lister, correct? Um, uh, and, and talk to him about his psychedelic experience. I know how passionate you are about athletes and psychedelics. Um, talk to us a little bit about where you see psychedelics potentially helping athletes um, and, and how we get more athletes to be more open about their experiences. You know, you have um, Aaron Rodgers talking about his ayahuasca experiences. You have, you know, Lamar Odom, how ketamine has changed him. So it's there's this openness now, but you, wh where do you see this going? Totally. I'll just correct you. I didn't actually have the opportunity to interview Dean Lister. I wish I did. But I've talked to folks like Ian McCall, oh, okay. uh, former UFC Correct. fighter, Daniel Carcillo, Mike Tyson. And what's really interesting about all of these folks is um, the, the thing they have in common is they have this identity. They're associated with being athletes. So they, it's like this thing that they've been doing their entire lives. You know, they've worked very hard at it. Blood, sweat, and tears, yada, yada, yada. And when that thing ends it can be very challenging to come to terms with who you are. And so that that's definitely something that's been sort of a, a common thread in these interviews with people, uh, this um, expression of feeling sort of disconnected from who they are. Yeah. So I think psychedelics really play, a, have a potential to help in, in that respect. I think also when it comes to traumatic brain injury, I mean, a lot of these sports, you know, mixed martial arts, football, hockey, really high impact a lot of damage impact, yeah. to the body and uh, especially the brain. And so, brain. I mean, we've seen what, what can happen after repeated impact to the brain, all those uh, data on CTE. And so uh, I've, I've spoken with a couple of people. Daniel Carcillo comes to mind, former mm -hmm. NHL hockey player, was an enforcer. They called him car bomb. <laughs> he yeah. was the guy that beat people <laughs> yeah, up, right? Yeah, he just um, got to beat the snot out of people. Yeah, he would just go out there to sort of make sure, you know, his teammates weren't mm -hmm. getting roughed up, so he would rough up. And and a lot of people don't understand, sometimes the PTSD comes from afterwards, right? Comes from after mm -hmm. sort of having to live in that, holy cow, I, I, I spent my life beating up guys, you know what I mean? And yeah. now, you know, how do I take that anger that was my profession yeah. before because I was yes. getting paid for that. That's what I did for a living. That's what identified me. How do I sort of take that moving forward mm -hmm. and be able to sort of, you know, process everything that's gone on so yeah that's exactly. important totally and and was, on the brain brain injury side um you know having to like quit your career at a young age i think he was 30 maybe 32 mm, you know mm. having his seventh career concussion and having to quit uh you know and then watching what happened i you know he talks about having brain scans to show that after a year and a half of using mushrooms regularly, microdosing, and also having some um, semi-regular macro doses, that things improved for him in a really significant way. So uh, I do think on the brain trauma side, there's huge potential there as well. Good. That's good. Um, obviously, this space is moving a lot quicker than a lot of people thought, right? I mean, if we mm -hmm. go back and we say, if, if five years ago, would have said, hey, you know, you're going to have a podcast with an incredible writer and you guys are going to be talking about openly about psychedelics and the wonderments of it and how, you know, everyday people, business owners, moms are using it. We'd be like, are you, are you, are you crazy? There's this sort of exactly. And, and I was I was taken aback also at the conference in Miami, the Benzinga uh, conference oh, where there was a lot of talk. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about let's slow down a little bit, right? Let's sort of, I, 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 I know we're on this incredible wave, but we really need to sort of not rein it in, but, um, you know, be mindful, be mindful. And it's almost, mm -hmm. what was, I think the message that I got was almost like, all right, let's take a step forward and let's take a huge deep breath and see where we go from here. You've been in this space long enough. You've written about it long enough. What excites you? What excites you about the future of psychedelics and what keeps you up at night about the future of psychedelics? <laughs> Ooh, this is great. I'm going to answer the second part of your question first because that please, comes to mind first. And, and I want to end on a positive note. 
yes, of course. Me, yes, they do. What, yeah. keeps, <laughs> what keeps me up at night is um, the approach that some folks are taking to this space. Um, sometimes I cringe even at the word industry. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but um, anyone who's had a, a psychedelic experience, particularly with a plant medicine, like, or fun, fungi medicine like psilocybin, um, mm -hmm. you feel this connection to the earth, to people around you, to nature. Um, and I feel that, you know, charging an insane amount of money for a treatment that's going to help someone improve their life is a little mm. bit, you know, it goes against <laughs> yeah. what I yeah. feel these medicines can and have represented for people and so hmm. yeah that's definitely something that i, I yeah. think about you know we see it's, some of these recent clinics that have have shut down we see retreats that have closed yeah, and i feel like it is because people are moving a little bit too quickly yeah. you know yeah so and that, that's definitely oh go ahead yeah and it's, it's, it's a fear that i have and i, I sort of have this, this this parody that the psychedelic world right now is on the seesaw right on one side we have obviously the big money, you know, uh, it's needed, right? These research studies are needed. Otherwise, we don't go forward. But like you said, you know, am I really going to have to pay $10,000 to sort of try to find some healing? So, so you have this side that there's a lot of money. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of, you know, psychedelic water type of situation where it's sort of I, – I, I see I, I see that – instead of that S in the psychedelic, I see the dollar sign, right? And there's a, there's oh, yeah. A, there's all a lot of that and that concerns me and on the other oh. side of the seesaw it's the very holistic organic people saying wait a minute hold on a second the earth is giving me this medicine why am i gonna have to go to a doctor and pay mm -hmm. insurance and pay out of my pocket for this healing why is it and, and and i just feel that the more of us that can stand in the middle of that seesaw and say okay wait a minute both sides hold on let's take a deep breath the further we can go because my concern and what keeps me up at night is that if it goes either way, we can find ourselves in a situation again uh, where it's like, you know, politicians yeah. are saying, no, this can't happen. No. And then we, 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 we take step back, right? We take step backwards. And that, like you said, that has happened already by there's some clinics that are closing. There's retreats mm -hmm. that are closing and it's, it's, it's that lack of taking a deep breath. Now that aside, let's sort of, you know, like I said, how do we, I think open conversation, I think honesty, mm. I think education, education is a huge, huge component in all of this. Um, the more we can educate people, the more people can make educated decisions. Um, so I think like, like we both said, that's the sort of negative part. What is, what is, what are you excited about? Um, what I'm really excited about, uh, and this is kind of on the more personal side, but I'm really excited about the, potential for psychedelics to heal families to help people mm. within their sort of like familial space or or maybe community is a better word to use yeah. but um you know the therapy model is great don't get me wrong i think it's an important part of the 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 picture but it's very like individual focus and if we look at the history yeah. of these medicines and the way that they've been used they've been used in group settings and so yeah, I think exactly. that the group Tried component, exactly. Yeah. So I think the group component really does have um, some serious potential. I was interviewing a woman on, on my podcast the other day uh, mm -hmm. about Ibogaine. It's called Ibogaine Uncovered. Yeah. Um, and, and we were talking about the potential for psychedelics to be used um, around the time when someone is dying. So imagine you're at your grandmother's bedside she's in her late 90s she's on her way out you give her some a little bit of psilocybin yep. everyone in the room takes a little bit of psilocybin you have this really peaceful sort of you know i mean i i i, I think beautiful. of that yeah i think of you know um you know on, on the community side of things i think like there's really potential to sort of have these uncomfortable pardon me, uncomfortable conversations uh, with a little bit of yeah. help. You know, I think, yeah, yeah. there's, there's so yeah. many different ways the group thing could yeah. go. That, that, that family community healing is something really beautiful. And, and, and it's funny that you just touched upon that because just recently uh, someone close to me 
Um, someone I, I used to work with lost a, a, a young member of their family. And they were going through incredible struggles. Like they were just, they were having a hard time processing this. Some months had passed. He had sort of seen what I was doing. Um, he came to me and he said, Caesar, I see how sort of, you know, how microdosing has sort of helped you open up your heart and be more empathetic and just be more living in the now. And I wonder if it could help me. And, you know, I sort of, you know, shared my story with him. He started the microdose. He was like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't know that I could think that way. I was, I was, I was drowning myself in these tears of sorrow and depression that I didn't, you know, bring myself out of it. And then he said, you know what? I want my family to also feel what I'm feeling. And he, and, and he went ahead and he talked to the family and he told them what he was doing and, and he shared his experience and, and he sort of got them to microdose. And I talked to him this week and he's like, we just, we just feel this new air. We feel that, you know, now we need to honor her by being present and by being alive and then being awake. And before we weren't doing that, before we were sort of drowning in this sorrow of mourning and it wasn't until, you know, microdosing, it wasn't until psilocybin opened us up and sort of opened a, our heart up a little bit more that we were able to have this community healing, this family healing. So I think it's, it's beautiful. I think that that potential aspect is wonderful. It's sort of, like you said, tr you know, indigenous people have been doing this for centuries in the past. Let's sort of get to that point also. And that, that community aspect, I think, is, is important. I'd be really remiss if I, because with community comes a lot of smiling, right? And I'd be really remiss if I don't share my experience of when I met Amanda in Miami, because it was, it was that smile that I always talk about that sort of makes the world a better place, right? And it was one of these things where, you know, I go to Canadelic and we take, Canada, we, we take cultivating wisdom in the sense of, you know, we want to launch, we want to sort of, be out there and amanda amanda was one of the persons that i knew was going to be there and i knew you know what she works for you know she writes for forbes i think she's an incredible writer i, I want to give her you know my sort of one sheet just you know but you know just the idea of maybe one day and it was amazing that you know i catch you and i tap you from behind and, and instead of going okay who is this person you turned around with a smile and the moment i i, I gave you my sheet and you just sort of read the first couple of sentences you know someone else could have you know i've been around journalists all my life you know I mean, I know, I know how journalists can be. We're, we're on a deadline, and it's not sometimes that we're sort of being mean. It's just we got stuff to do. We yeah, got yeah. places to go. Yeah. And you were, you were incredibly engaging, and, and turned around and smiled and saw my story and said, "Wait a minute, hold on a second. And I knew you were leaving, and instead you turned around and came back and sat in our booth and just were incredibly, incredibly engaging. So I, I, I want to first thank you, thank you for that because mm. it's sort of I think it's a testament to who you are. It's a bit of a testament to the psychedelic community, right? That sort of we we. We have this the awakeness that has sort of made us smile and, and, and made us want to be part of this community. So I want I want to thank you for that. And I and I want to ask you how important is that? How important is that 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 feeling? Life is so wonderful. Life is so hmm. good. And let's sort of let's move forward and, and share that with people. Hmm. Well, you're very welcome. That was a really nice moment. I remember that very well. Um, yeah, I think it's really important. You know, life is hard. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. End of sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this, and, yeah. Period. <laughs> point. Next chapter. <laughs> um, and so in those moments when we're meeting other people, I think the easy thing to do is default to like, uh, I, I got to go. I got things yeah. to do. I'm who are you like and yeah. and i've been that person a lot in mm -hmm. in my past i think i definitely have been uh quite cynical and really just like not interested in in, in that sort mm -hmm. of those sort of interactions and uh yeah i think things have changed and i i really appreciate the opportunity to meet folks and hear stories because that's what i that's what really got me into what I do is this storytelling element. You know, you can tell people a list of statistics about psilocybin or, or LSD or any sort of yeah. psychedelic, but when you tell them a story or they meet someone who's had a profound life-changing experience, mm -hmm. that's where the shift happens. So I'm always interested yes. in story. I always want to hear how someone came to this, this medicine. And, and you asked earlier, um, you know, what was a profound thing I learned while, while, or a surprising thing I learned while writing the book? I kind of came up empty, but I will say this, a sort of broader observation is that um, psychedelics 
you know, doesn't matter who or how they're used, they're affecting people in all these different ways. You know, we have this, these views like, oh, you know, it helps with mental health and potentially with traumatic brain injury and, you know, so on and, all, you know, all this, this existing knowledge. But I think um, when we look at, uh, <laughs> this is kind of hard, hard to imagine, but if you can imagine all the different psychedelic experiences that have ever happened, I mean, they're all profoundly different. You know, people yeah. have come out yeah. of them feeling any number of things. And I think um, trying to like catalog that or speak to that or or have conversations with people about those experiences can be really enlightening. Um, it takes us out of that sort of like pigeonholed or, or echo chamber we're in right now where, you know, we're talking about them in this kind of one specific way. But uh, yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's very true. That's very true. Um, Amanda Seward is incredible, right? Uh, amazing what oh. you've done, what you've accomplished to now, and you're incredibly young, right? It's sort of you. you the world is ahead of you. The world is your oyster. Thirty-three. It's, it's in front of so you. I don't know about incredibly young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> young. <laughs> you know, look, fifty-five, and I feel young, right? So oh, yeah. you know what I mean, it's just so, so if I, so if I yeah. feel young. I mean, yeah, it's sort of where, <laughs> what is, what is Amanda's five-year plan? What is her 10-year plan? What is it? And, and again, again, you've accomplished amazing things. The fact that you're a best-selling author, the fact that you've written books, the fact that, you know, you write for major publications. A lot of people will say, yep, yeah, that, you know what? And, you know, life is good. Life is good. <laughs> but I, I know you, I know you drive, I know your desire. Mm. I know you're sort of, you know, what, what is it? What, 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 what is, what is what is in your in your in your target well i will say life is good uh i'm very grateful for for every opportunity that i have like i pinch myself often i'm like what i'm writing about drugs like this is crazy. Yeah. this is not i come from a very like growing up i was raised in a really kind of religious conservative household so i really just stepped into that uh yeah. black sheep persona <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would say in the future, you know, something that really does excite me, I think, I think I will still be writing here and there. Um, yeah. but what does really excite me lately and what I've sort of been pursuing in my life and trying to get more into is this idea of, um, you know, spending more time in my body, being physical. We talked about jujitsu, mm -hmm. but I think one of the other major tools in my life to sort of. Uh, move through some struggles in my mental health has been um, exercising, moving my body, yeah. you know, challenging myself in these different ways, you know, trying to run, you know, 10 kilometers or whatever. I don't know what that is in miles. <laughs> but, yeah, um, challenging, yeah, challenging yourself. Yeah, yeah challenging six, six myself. Miles, in yeah. these, exactly, in these different ways. And so um, that's that's been a really huge huge part of it and what i really appreciate about exercise is not just the act of moving my body but that altered state that occurs when you do these things people talk about the runner's high mm. for years i was like oh that's mm. bull crap like no yeah. <laughs> i hate running i'm never gonna do that but then yeah. i started doing it and i got to that edge and, and then i pushed that edge and realized like oh this is the feeling that people are talking about so um i think as, as much as I will probably always write about and talk about psychedelics, I think um, writing about altered states in a more sort of broad yeah. way um, yeah. is something I'm very interested in. And so pursuing that in other ways too, working with people in physical ways, I'm taking a personal training course. <laughs> um, I'm you know, trying to do, do a couple of different things. I have my fingers in a couple of different pies, but um, yeah, hopefully just continuing this conversation in a meaningful way and writing books about things that excite me. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your, your podcast. I know you talk a lot about Ibogaine and, and the mm. incredible, incredible healing potential that that medicine in particular has. I know that there's a lot of talk, obviously, about psilocybin. There's a lot of talk about MDMA with the MAP studies. But but there's incredible potential and incredible studies for what this medicine is doing. Please talk to us a little bit about that. Totally. So ibogaine is a um, it's a medicine that comes from the 
plant iboga, actually from the root of this shrub that grows in uh, West Africa, in Gabon in particular. Uh, and there, uh, people who practice Bwiti, which is sort of like a, a religion, uh, they consume iboga regularly in coming of age ceremonies, in initiations, uh, in you know bereavement ceremonies, that kind of thing. It's a very cultural uh, medicine. In fact, it's protected in Gabon by um, by the government. And so um, so ibogaine, when extracted from this root, um, is a medicine that's commonly associated with substance use disorder. And what's really wild about this, um, this molecule is it can, it basically interrupts the detox and, uh, and the craving for opioids. So I, I witnessed this. I actually had the opportunity to experience ibogaine in uh, April of 2022. Uh, at Beyond, which is uh, an Ibogaine uh, clinic in Mexico. Um, and I've, I witnessed people who came in, you know, experiencing withdrawal. They were taken very good care of. And then um, after their Ibogaine treatment, it was like it was like a new person emerged from the room. Like, so what this wow. medicine does, it's a long experience. It's about 12, 12 hours or so. Um, and yeah, it, it interrupts that that craving for opioids. So when people emerge from the treatment, they're not going through those those withdrawals that happen in detox. They're not uh, sweating and you know feeling nausea and experiencing all those really rough feelings. You know, being in pain. Uh, so that's what it's commonly known for. But it's increasingly being used for uh, people who want to deal with PTSD, with grief people who are maybe working through sort of some other um, maladaptive coping mechanisms, things like eating disorders. Um, I talked to someone recently who used Ibogaine to overcome, you know, struggles with anger that he's had his entire life. So I think it's a medicine really? that is really kind of, yeah, that's coming into, uh, coming into its own a little bit. I mean, we've, we've pigeonholed it for a yeah. very long time. Um, and so these conversations that I have on Ibogaine Uncovered are really about answering the question, does this medicine work? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Talking to people about their experiences, talking to experts. Uh, later this week, I'm going to speak to a woman who's been studying this medicine for 25 years. So really trying to look at, you know, how it works, um, other things people are doing to sort of um, prolong the positive effects that they feel. So the value of things like preparation, integration, community. It's all sort of wrapped into one. It's incredible. And I know you, one of, well, I think the last guest you had said that, you know, of all the psychedelics experiences she had, and she's had many, that one Ibogaine experience was just uncomparable, like uncomparable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, 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 all the studies are out there. It's incredible, incredible medicine. All of these medicines are, are, are really amazing. Um, you know, but again, we preface it by saying they're not for everybody, right? They're definitely mm -hmm. not for everybody. Yeah. Educate yourself, right? It's sort of Absolutely. the important part of education. Um, what's what's next for the book? Are you doing, you know, other, I, I know you had a wonderful uh, book launch in LA a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what else is, what else is on the calendar for this year? Psychedelic science, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. how, right? Jay, uh, that's yeah. gonna be amazing. And then we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to Wonderland in Miami again in November. What, what else is on where else can people come and say, Amanda, I love your book, or Amanda, <laughs> I want to read your book. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I will be at Psychedelic Science in Denver in June. I'm very excited about that. I think that will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm also hoping to plan a, well, I'm, I'm in the process of planning a book event, uh, in New York city in July. So watch out for that. Wonderful. Yeah, that's wild. Um, still sort of like, wow, I can't, the LA thing too. I, I, I'm just like a little Canadian gal. I, <laughs> <laughs> so to, to have the opportunity award, to share my work. Award winning, <laughs> award winning, this, uh, best seller. Um, who is who is educating a lot of us? Who is educating many of us in many many ways? And um, I applaud you. I applaud you for what yeah. you're doing because you're you're talking about a subject that a lot of people don't even want to talk about. And you're openly writing about it, um, discussing it, um, sharing your experiences with it. And and I think that's what we need to do, right? We need to sort of people see everyday normal people like yourself, like myself, say, hey, you know what? These people are using it 
psychedelics as a life performance enhancer. They're not using it mm. to sort of go out, you know, trip, which is there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm. I, there's, you know, recreational use of any substance is, is as long as you know, you know, you're set, you know, you're setting, you're doing it responsibly. There's, you know, why not? Um, mm -hmm. So it's sort of it, it, it's great that we have these conversations. Um, again, Amanda, you have to get this book, sure. Psyched, The Seven Cutting Edge Psychedelics Changing the World. Uh, incredible, incredible read. Um, like I said, wonderful for people. If you know someone who is thinking about whose childhood curiosity has been poked at, no better gift than this for them because mm -hmm. it answers a lot of a lot of questions. Amanda, where else can people find you? I know your Instagram. I I, I love seeing you on your Instagram because you sort of your thirst for life, your joy of life is so evident. It's so wonderful. Whether it's a post about you know what, go out for a walk and leave your phone at home. You know what I mean, to, to you know these wonderful messages of of how to live with a smile on your face. Where where can people first of all, where can people get the book? That's the most important mm. thing. Um, and where else can they follow you and and see what you're doing? Totally. So um, the book is anywhere you can you can buy books. So on Amazon, um, I would love it if you went to an indie bookstore and bought it. But that's just the yeah, punk rocker in me. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also um, follow me on Twitter. I'm not really there that often. It's kind of taken a little bit of a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Twitter's, um, Twitter's Instagram face. is probably probably the the, mo the place where I'm most active right now. Um, doing a little bit of remodeling of my website very soon. Otherwise I direct you there, but you can find my work. Um, if you go to my Instagram, there's a little link. And then yeah. if you hit that, it's got all my stories and different places you can find my byline. And you're obviously on, on LinkedIn. If everyone needs to sort of, you know, book true. you I mean, for an event, well. book <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes. Publishers are one day, one another book. So definitely you can find Amanda on LinkedIn also. Amanda, what a pleasure. What, 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 a, mm. what a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, I'm incredibly lucky to sort of consider you as part of my circle. Um, you know, I, I love the conversations we've had. Like I said, I love what you're doing. Uh, more power to you. Uh, just the best. I wish you the best. I send you much, much love. Uh, can't wait to see you and, and share space with you uh, in Denver at Psychedelic Science and then also in Wonderland in Miami. So looking forward to seeing you. Thank you so much, Caesar. This has been an absolute pleasure. Have a good one. <laughs>